please pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your love. And may our words, my words, and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Years ago, when Sydney was a little bitty girl, um, we played lots of games and had a lot of times doing make-believe. And uh, one of the make-believe games we played was Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf or The Three Little Pigs? And the three of us would get in bed, and two would be the pigs, and one would be the wolf. And the wolf would come, and the pigs would pull the sheet up over their heads and squeal and scream while the wolf blew and blew and tried to blow the house down. And then the house would blow down, and then they'd act like they were running and going to the next house. Well, we had tremendous fun with it, except that Sydney liked to do it over and over and over again. Oh, the who's afraid of the big bad wolf? And there were lessons in that story, I think. Lessons about being safe, about being careful. Lessons about being together and helping each other. Lessons about being wary and aware. And those little pigs would retreat to, from one house to the next, to the house made of brick that the wolf could not blow down. It's a fun story for kids and some lessons for adults and kids as well. But perhaps there's another lesson in there. Yes, we are supposed to be safe and aware and alert. We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to be careful. But sometimes we want to teach our children about standing up and speaking out, not hiding behind closed doors. Sometimes it is important to say that we need to take action. I mean, after all, even when the wolf couldn't blow the brick house down, the wolf was still out there, right? So today's gospel has some lessons about all of this for us. Um, and they're important lessons for us to hear. And I want to walk you through this text. And we didn't read the whole text because it was very long, but we read some significant portions of it. And I want to walk you through what actually happens here. And what is important for us to hear is that the scripture begins with Jesus proclaiming the good news and healing people. This is where it begins. This is where it begins. Jesus preaches and teaches and heals. And then the scripture tells us that Jesus has compassion on the people because he envisioned them as, envisioned them as sheep without a shepherd. They they had no one to lead. And he had compassion. His heart, you know, uh, to the word compassion means to uh, have a feeling with passion. And, and so Jesus feels for these people. Just, doesn't just think about them, but feels with them. And then Jesus turns to his followers and says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that God will send laborers into the harvest. And, and so Jesus is saying to those followers, you know, 
this good news is for all people. This compassion is for all people. This healing is for all people. And let us pray that God will send forth those who will be the people of compassion and healing. People who proclaim the good news of God's constant, ever-present, promised love. But here's the other thing that Jesus does. Jesus then calls the disciples, the, the closest of his friends, the one who had been with him all the time. Jesus calls these disciples to him and takes action. You see, Jesus realizes that he is one among many, and if God is going to call forth other laborers, then something has to happen. And so Jesus gets these disciples together and commissions them and gives them power over demons and tells them to heal and to proclaim the good news and to go, go, go out into the harvest. Jesus commissions them and gives them authority to do the work of God in the world. But there's even more to this story. Jesus doesn't just commission the disciples and give them authority and then send them on their way. Jesus tells them the truth. Jesus tells them the truth. that This is not going to be easy. They will be like sheep amid the wolves. And they are to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And that's, that's a balance that has to be met. To be wise in the efforts to uh, deal with the powers and principalities and wealthy of the world and to be innocent as doves, to carry within them the, the love of God and, and the love of all God's people, right? It's a tension and a balance that Jesus is calling them to, and it's not an easy one. And then he tells them further truth, that they will be handed over to authorities and they will be beaten all because of what they are doing in Jesus' name. Proclaiming the good news, healing, having compassion. And I just have to believe that this is a gospel story written for us today. I have to believe that the same Jesus who called them forth calls us forth. That the same disciples, um, the same challenges the disciples face are the same challenges we face today. How can we miss this lesson? Unlike the three little pigs who keep retreating and hiding out, we are to strike a balance between proclaiming the good news of the gospel, God's promise of love for all, and healing those in need, which, by the way, we do pretty well in the church, don't we? We have to strike a balance between that and stepping into the fray. Sometimes things that we in, as church folk don't do so well. Because, you know, it's easy to proclaim the good news and to offer healing within the walls of the church or within the walls of our home. It's different to step into the fray. And we are to be wise as serpents 
and innocent as doves. So I'm going to invite you to seriously consider this balance because it has to be balanced. There is a tension here at work. And one is about the safety, the three little pigs, and one is about the disciples being called forth into the world. And we have got to find that balance. How do we balance safety and risks in today's culture of COVID-19 and economic downturn and violence against our black siblings and protests that sometimes devolve into violence? How do we balance that? And when does risk override safety? What we must understand is that we cannot, even if we need to make a decision for safety, remain silent. And, and there's plenty of reasons to make a decision for safety. Maybe you're like me. I turn 67 this month, and so I'm in that magical age range that has to be careful about the COVID-19, or maybe you, have, uh, you are in an immune compromised position. We all still have to be safe, and we all have to be safe toward others. Um, but, and so, we have to be safe. Maybe you're a parent and you have children and you have to be safe because they need you to be their parent, you know? Uh, and, and you need to be their parent in order to keep them safe. So, so there's that. I mean, there's so much we have to take into consideration. But we must not stay silent. We must remember that even if we need to continue to shelter in place and wear our masks and wear our gloves, we have to act on behalf of those who are marginalized, those who are being killed on our streets, and we have to do that in the ways we can, wearing our masks, putting on gloves, keeping social distance, doing whatever it takes, even in the midst of the struggle. We must remember that as we rise up in voice and action, however, that we must not become what we hate seeing happen. We must not become violent. We must not become hateful. We must not become judgmental, even in our heartache and brokenness and disappointment. We are called by Jesus, the rabbi of Nazareth, to love and heal and seek compassion and also to act. Of course, with all the challenge before us, there is always good news in the gospel. So I, I want to, to read this from our reading, and I want you to hear it because this is the good news in this story. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your Abba who is God in heaven speaking through you. Do you hear the good news in that? That those disciples, those disciples were not left alone. They were not on their own. And that was the promise of Jesus to them. You are not going to be on your own because your Abba, who is God in heaven, will give you the words to speak. And, um, and then that was echoed years later by the Apostle Paul, who reminded the early church in Rome that we know that suffering produces endurance. 
And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. You know, we've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit in these days after the Pentecost. And you know, she is still at work in the world. She is still moving in the hearts of faithful people. And, she, and God has been poured into our hearts through that same Holy Spirit. And that promise for those disciples of the early church... And those disciples of Jesus is God's promise for us today. We are not on our own. We will, however, have to go deep. We will have to go deep into prayer. Deep into conversation with our wisdom people who know the ways of God and with our black siblings who know the ways of the world in ways that those of us who are white and privileged do not know. And then, and then only can we rise up from within the safety we require and move out into the places that need us and perhaps for some of us into the streets and to carry this tension in balance. I'm going to just tell you right now that I struggle with the very words I am preaching today. In finding a way to be safe but engaged, be careful but involved. Oh, listen, I'm good at giving some of my money, and I'm really good at signing online petitions. And there's, there's action in that. I sign the petitions of faith in America regularly, and those petitions have moved the Catholic Church and some political situations to a more just and generous way of being in the world. So I'm not saying they're not valuable, but I'm really good at those things. And I will confess that I feel frustrated by hearing about rallies and protests only after the fact. I think, well, I might go to that, but I didn't even know it was happening. I've struggled with being on Facebook and Twitter and I will confess that I don't go on there very much anymore. And the truth of the matter is I just don't want to be trolled. I'm tired of being beat up because of my faith and my beliefs. But maybe I need to reconsider that. I've struggled with the responsibility that I have being a parent that means not only keeping myself safe, but my daughter safe. Because my daughter needs a parent. But what I have determined is it is not enough to speak. But it is important that I do something meaningful to help heal, to be compassionate, to right the wrongs of justice, to actually be a Christian. It means for me that I must continue to work to find ways to help us as a church be the church, not just in worship, but in action. So I've been praying a lot about this, and I've been thinking a lot about it, and I've been talking to Reverend Carrie Smith at Greenland Hills a lot about it, and everywhere I go, I talk to people about how is it that while we are so separated, how can we be the church? Well, I have a few invitations for you today. 
to join me in being the church. And some of them you might be able to do and others you won't be able to do. If you are able to participate, I invite you to participate next Saturday in a Faith in Texas Never Again pilgrimage. It will be on Saturday, June the 20th, and I think it starts at 10 o'clock, but we're waiting to hear the final details. It will visit two sites in the city of Dallas, the lynching of Alan Brooks in 1910 and the murder of Diamond Ross in 2019. Alan Brooks was accused of rape and lynched in downtown Dallas as four to 5,000 people looked on. And Diamond Ross was denied medical treatment while in police custody and died. We will send further information about this as we receive it. But I invite you, if you are able, and if it is safe for you, to join me on that pilgrimage. New Church will also begin hosting online, an online movie series, Justice Movie Series, a watch party, and followed by a discussion during the Sundays in July. And we will have a list of the movies we will be watching together in, on Sundays after church. And we invite you to join us. Uh, movies that will uh, ignite our hearts for justice. I also invite you uh, that, to say that we are going to host a Zoom meeting at which we will discuss how to write and submit a resolution to the United Church of Christ General Synod of 2021 on, to write a resolution on reparations. The United Church of Christ has been talking about reparations for over a decade, but nothing's been done about it. And then we will be issuing you an invitation to join us, New Church, online for an online pride event so that we can witness to the injustices not only to our black uh, siblings, but to our LGBTQIA siblings. So, Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Our God who says, you are not in this on your own, says there's no reason to be afraid of the big bad wolf. For when they hand you over, do not worry about what you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak. But the spirit of your Abba who is God in heaven speaking through you. And remember that we know that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. This is the good news. That love and grace and hope has been poured into us through the Holy Spirit that comes to us even now. Thanks be to God. Alleluia and Amen.